Today we're going to focus on our second reading, which is Paul's second letter to Timothy. It's one of three letters in the New Testament known as the pastoral letters, where Paul is writing to an individual who is a bishop of the church. First two, one and two Timothy, writing to Timothy who was someone who traveled with Paul in his apostolic journey, and then was made bishop of Ephesus, which would be in modern day Turkey. And so he is giving him advice, giving him encouragement, and saying today that he needs to avoid cowardice because of the gift that he received whenever he laid hands on him. He was given a spirit not of cowardice, but of power and love and self-control and to not be ashamed of his testimony. And so in calling him not to be a coward, he's actually calling him to be courageous to live out that virtue of courage, also known as fortitude. And so courage is a virtue. It's something that's human, that we can practice it. We can work on it as human individuals. But we also believe that it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And St. Thomas Aquinas, in talking about this virtue of courage, says that it has two main elements. One, to attack to go and bring the gospel, to go and do something courageous. Gospel, of course, is something that would be courageous for a Christian. But the other aspect is to be able to endure attack when people are coming after you, when you're enduring persecution. The courageous person is able to do both. And so if we take what Paul is saying is that bishops need to be courageous not only in what they say and do, but also in their ability to endure persecution. Then and now, the bishops, the shepherds, the pastors of the church need to be courageous. And it's an essential virtue to proclaim the gospel in and out of season, to talk about truth whenever it is very uncomfortable to do so, but also to be able to endure persecution particularly when it comes to being attacked for the faith. You look at the early church, many of those first bishops died as martyrs, but they died courageously enduring attack from their enemies. And so as a bishop, this is part of the burden of the office. The shepherd has to lay his life down for the sheep, or at least be willing to. The burden of the office, and it's a unique share in the cross. But what the biggest difficulty for a bishop is, for challenging and living out that life of courage, is not when he's attacked by unbelievers, not when he is attacked by people who are not Christians, or people who do not belong to their diocese, but instead when he's attacked by members of his own flock. When the sheep turn on the bishop, that is the most difficult situation for the bishop to exert courage. And we all know that bishops make mistakes. Some of them perform criminal actions. Many of them 
cause and do great sin. And no bishop is above reproach or criticism, nor any group of bishops. And if you know me and you know any priest, they will tell you that is truly the case. Most priests would agree that bishops need accountability. And we talked a lot about that over the course of the past year in light of the scandal. But here is the truth. That when it comes to helping the bishops to be courageous, when it comes to providing accountability, when it comes to restoring trust that was lost, I don't know what a solution is. I don't know if there's one thing that will fix it all, but I can surely tell you there is one thing that will not work. And that one thing will not work is if individuals or small groups of individuals act as self-appointed police and doctrinal geniuses and morally upright individuals to act as judge and jury on their bishop or any other bishop. That simply is not going to be part of the solution for a number of reasons. One, we can never fully know what the duty or the burden that a bishop faces is. We never understand what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know the whole story. But the biggest danger is the risk of becoming Pharisees. There's one enemy in Scripture, in the New Testament, those are the Pharisees, the ones that put themselves above Jesus and everyone else. They know the law, they're the ones who are perfect, they're the ones who live righteous lives. But they become self-righteous, and they set themselves up as those individuals who are very happy to point out the splinters in other people's eyes, but not looking at the log of their own. One day that log will be revealed. We've got to be very, very careful in doing this type of thing. And I'm not saying anyone here is doing it, but it's something that is becoming more and more prevalent in the church. But what's worse, though, today, unlike 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago, is the reality is you could have individuals who want to criticize and tear down bishops, but now they have social media to do it. Now they can take their message and disseminate it everywhere and ruin people's reputations, jeopardize their ability to govern. And people that have no idea what's going on have no idea of any reality, are going to sit there and tear the bishops to shreds just because it's the thing to do. Spreading lies, spreading falsehood, and speaking tremendously uncharitably. And also, particularly if you read, let's say, the comments under generally any KTC Facebook post, people who have really no grasp of reality at all, this is not how Christians behave. It's how pagans do. It's how individuals in the world do. But it's not how Christians behave. Whether it be for the bishop or anybody else. It's being part of the problem and not being part of the solution. And so in the first letter that Paul writes to Timothy, 
that we actually began reading in the Liturgy of the Hours today, Paul says to Timothy that it's a good thing to aspire to be a bishop. However, most people, and particularly most priests, said, if you aspire to be a bishop, you're out of your mind. You should be institutionalized. There is absolutely no way anyone, particularly today, wants to be a bishop. And the truth is, there are so many priests who are being asked to be bishops that are turning it down. Rumor has it, actually more than rumor has it, the, the nuncio, the person who calls and contacts them to say the Holy Father wants you to be a bishop, tells them if they say no, I need you to fly to Rome and tell the Pope yourself. That's how bad it is. No one wants this burden. And they know that to be a bishop, you're going to be attacked. You're going to have to have courage to proclaim the gospel. But now they know that it's going to be so much more difficult when people who are their own flock are leading the charge against them. It may be a small group, but they can be very, very loud as a result of social media. And hopefully most bishops and most leaders will have listened to Brene Brown. You know, I like her writing and her book, Daring Greatly. And she talks about the amount of critics we have in the world today. Everybody is a critic. Everybody is telling other people, particularly on social media, what they should and shouldn't do. But she says we've got to learn not to listen to those critics. Until you get into the arena, you have no right to criticize. Until you understand what it takes to be a bishop, to be a shepherd, you got no right to sit there and rip people to shreds. You can offer suggestions. You might be able to say something face to face, but to get online and rip people down doesn't work for anyone, but especially for Christians and especially for Catholics. And so what's happening now is that bishops and pastors, because of this, are very find it difficult to be courageous. And many of them, as you might imagine, are demoralized, isolated, and filled with shame, sometimes for things they didn't even do. Imagine how you would feel. Imagine how I would feel if someone would get online and just completely trash us for something they know nothing about. But yet, we find it so easy to do to individuals online when we don't know the full story. And yes, the church is under attack. Yes, people don't appreciate or understand Christianity, but a house divided against itself will not stand. And if we intend to press forward as a church and as individuals, yes, we can realize people make mistakes. We can realize we need to build up trust. We can realize there's some bad characters out there, but we've got to stand together because we're all sinners, we're all in need of salvation, and we all have to press on. And so bishops today need courage to lead and to guide in their imperfection, in their desire to rely on the Holy Spirit, and they need to get it from the Holy Spirit but we need to be able to, as priests and as members of the flock, help them to grow in courage and not isolate them and not tear them down. We need to encourage them. We need to encourage our shepherds. We need to encourage our bishops. This is the whole purpose of Paul's two letters to Timothy. Not to write and say, Timothy, you're a jerk, you're doing all these things wrong. And Paul had every right to criticize. He was in the arena. But he was there to build them up, 
to say, watch out for this, don't do this, here's a suggestion. Even take a little wine for your stomach because I hear you're not feeling too great. To build Timothy up, we need to encourage our shepherds. So how do we do it? I'm going to give you three ways. First of all, and most importantly, pray. Pray for our bishops specifically. We do it every day at Mass. But how many Catholics really make it a point every day to pray for their bishop? To pray they can be courageous. To pray they can be built up in the spirit. Number two, I would suggest writing the bishop a letter. A letter of encouragement and saying, Bishop, boy, I know it's rough what you're doing. I can't even imagine the burden, but we're here to help you. Anything that I can do to help you, I am willing to do that. It's going to build the bishop up. You can find his, his, his uh, address online. But third and finally, and this is probably the most important and maybe the most difficult for me to really be able to explain. Most people have never met or never had a real conversation with their bishop or any bishop. The bishop is just this idea of an individual who supposedly guides the church and he wears a pointy hat and he comes to confirm you when you're 17 years old. I don't know the bishop as a human, as a real person who has ideas and a history and feelings because they tend to be so removed. And it's really, really, really easy for all of us to criticize and tear down people who we don't know, who we've never met, particularly online or in the media, that become sort of these abstract figures that aren't real persons, whether they be celebrities or politicians or church figures. We've got to come to understand that he's real. Because when we realize that another person is real, it's so much easier for us to encourage them but it's also so much easier for us to grant mercy and a little bit of understanding. I think of the video that passed around the internet this week of Brant Jean, the brother of that young man who was killed by the Dallas policewoman Amber Geiger. And most of you have probably seen this. She walked into what she thought was her apartment. It was another guy's apartment, shot the man there and killed him. And people destroyed her online. And she did something wrong. And justice was served. But the brother got there on the sand and said, I forgive you. I want you to know salvation. And then went and hugged that woman. And if you watch the video, it's almost impossible for you not to be struck with emotion. This guy realized she's a real person. And yes, she needs to serve justice. And yes, there are a lot of wrong things going on in our nation. But this person needed mercy. He was able to get beyond the fact that she was just a policewoman. It's a real person in need of support, in need of mercy. And I bet that embrace gave her the courage to face what she had to face. Now, I'm not saying when you see the bishop at Albertsons, you should go give him a hug. It might freak him out. But the more we can realize that our leaders in the church, people that we don't know, are human, more likely we are to have a little bit of empathy and to be able to offer that encouragement that we all need to get through our daily lives, to live our faith, particularly as members of the flock of the church of Jesus Christ as we pass through the valley of this life. Amen.